welcome, 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 welcome everybody to another fun and exciting adventure with TCAD, TCAD, Theatrical Conjecture Dissertation, fancy name for an unfancy show. It is I, one of your hosts, Don the Legend Chambers, coming to you from a nice and fall-like Southern California, also out here enjoying the change in the seasons is Ms. Ray Stewart. How are you doing, Ms. Stewart? I'm doing really well, Ms. Chambers. Awesome. Wonderful. We've got a fun and exciting show for you. Um, first thing I want to lead off in before we get to talking about some movies uh, we have seen is I want to give a congratulations to all of our uh, black and brown people that uh, did some good Emmys stuff. Now, I'm not a big awards show person. I think they're dumb. They're stupid. I mean, who can tell me, A, what the best movie of the year was or who's a better actor than who? It's just nonsense. But if they're going to have them, like Issa Rae said, I'm rooting for everybody black. So we had uh, Regina King winning for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series. We had Thandi Newton for uh, Outstanding Supporting Actress. Uh, Darren Chris for uh, Outstanding uh, Lead Actor. Then we had uh, Samira Wiley for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama. Uh, Ron Cephas, no, sorry, Ron Cephas Jones for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama. Uh, Tiffany Haddish. For outstanding guest actress in a comedy. And the one that I was kind of most surprised, but having seen his performance, I was like, hell yeah, he worked the hell out of that, was Cat Williams for outstanding guest actor in a comedy for his uh, his episode in, in Atlanta. Uh, and I remember that episode, and I was like, Cat Williams is acting the hell out of this. So I just want to congratulate all of my black and brown people there, um, way to represent, way to show out. Uh, it's still, still a process, still a little ways to go, but I'm always glad to see uh, more than one or two getting some shine and not just being nominated, but actually uh, uh, winning some of these, these uh, as ridiculous as I think they are, these awards. So I just want to congratulate all of them. All right. Congratulations. All right, Dave. Congratulations. All right. All right. So we got some of that out the way. In terms of movies, oh, man. Oh, man. I want to get the the garbage out first. <laughs> and I'm just All going right. to say um, the Predator movie is garbage. It's absolute garbage. If I was to give it a number score from like 1 to 10, this bad boy is getting like a negative 13. Jeez, Don, it's not Just, that bad. It is absolute garbage. Now, and, and and somebody might say, "How could you give it something like that? Like, are you saying it's as bad as like The Room or some of these terrible movies?" Like, like no, 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 no. Soul Plane. I mean, come no, on. No, no. See, but see, here's the difference, though. You already knew those were going to be bad. Like Soul Plane was going to be a level of bad that just makes it hilarious to watch. Now, you know, like a Tommy Wiseau movie, The Room is just a level of bad you're expecting. So you're watching it for the spectacle. I actually had hopes that 
maybe Predator's going to be halfway decent. Maybe there's something in this trailer that I'm missing that's going to make me be like, oh, okay, the trailer doesn't really do it justice. It's actually halfway good. No. It is garbage. A garbage story. Garbage incidents. Garbage writing. And they just... They've basically taken the Predator franchise at this point. They've wadded it up into a ball. And they've slam-dunked it into a garbage can. That That's that's really all I can think. I mean, I'm, I'm just not interested anymore. Because there's nothing that they can... I mean, they'd have to scrap everything and start again because there's nothing. There's... There's like, like in the first one, there's no there was no sense of drama. There was no heightened sense of fear or 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 suspense. Nothing. It was just garbage. <laughs> oh, I mean, granted, it was a movie that had some super baffling decisions that were made like i said in the 10 minute take like i don't understand if sterling k brown who was phenomenal and the best thing about this movie if i would like to see a movie with just him doing whatever the fuck they're doing but if he's supposed to be in charge of a government agency whose job is to save mankind he sure was going around killing a lot of people didn't have like, no problems with that didn't have no problems with that like uh-huh. it seems like it was more like his act and that's a directorial issue and a script issue like his actions would be more benefiting a group of like a, a clandestine government agency yeah. yeah that wanted to gather this alien technology for world domination or for you know to make some kind of deal with the predators and get like not as a conservationist agency but as more of like a takeover global like a, a, a domination agency so it didn't make any sense for his character to be just like killing folks willy-nilly with zero qualms about it especially people who like it was a like a, a baffling lack of forethought like foresight on his part because it's like you have this soldier who's you know can help you you have this doctor who can who is the only doctor who can help you and you're just gonna kill her because she's mildly inconvenient for a second when she still can help you like i don't understand those like decision making process behind that like it was just like for somebody who's in charge of an agency that's so important it, it was like a bafflingly reactionary mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, decisions that he was making. Like there were a lot of weird decisions in this movie. Um, and then to have, you know, she hasn't, I feel like the predators have been around. They, they, they mentioned the other movies. They mentioned, um, you know, the first movie with Arnold and they mentioned the second movie with Danny Glover. They even have artifacts from the Sanaa Lathan one when they were in the Arctic. So they, they have people who could be studying the DNA and the biology. There was like Sanaa Lathan's spear was sitting in a glass case and it was made from a tail of aliens. So like of, of right. xenomorph. So it's right. like, why is nobody studying the biology? Like, why is she the only one? reason why they picked her was nonsense like now that i'm talking about it i'm liking it less (laughs) like the reason why they picked her was nonsense she she had a letter that she wrote to the president when she was six that was like if you ever have aliens call me i'll be your doctor and then she wrote some kind of micro uh biology term like uh 
medical paper and they cross reference those two things and bingo bango she's your man mm-hmm. like what <laughs> that makes no sense <laughs> it, it, I mean, thank especially you. because when she was six the government didn't have a computer database that letter is in the trash it's not like they put everybody's letter from 1980 whatever in a computer database and that's somewhere in the cloud somewhere, you know, that's nonsense, like nonsense. So yeah, that was baffling. And then the one thing for me that would have made this movie launch into the stratosphere from just bad to awesomely bad is if at the end when they had like the predator killer, you know, device or whatever, come out of that sarcophagus thing. If Mm -hmm. it had been, I know I wasn't the only one because they protracted that. Like they made that reveal last so long, like 20 seconds to open that thing. Yeah. And I was the whole time I was like, please be Arnold. Please be Arnold. Please, <laughs> please, please be Arnold. Like if it had been this predator concocted super robot cyborg version of Arnold Schwarzenegger from his DNA from the first movie, that would have been unbelievable like like just throw that in there like that's how skynet started for real is the the predator sent us a robot arnold and then we reverse engineered that (laughs) sterling (laughs) k brown's government agency reverse engineered that terminator and created skynet and created skynet from that that would have made my head explode (laughs) and it would have been amazing i would own this movie it would have saved this dumpster fire of a movie If that's how that movie ended, I would have that Blu-ray on my shelf. But alas. (laughs) Uh, Alas and alack. No. This movie didn't end anywhere near that interesting. Nope. Not even close. So, so, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to to waste any more air. Just wasting air on this movie is, is, is just blasphemous. It's just terrible. So, I'm blah, blah. Uh... We saw Venom. Yeah. And uh, again, we, we did a 10 minute take, so I'm not going to give everything we did in the take. Uh, I would just say I enjoyed it. Uh, I had fun with it, and, and I would I would recommend it. If, if, if I was giving it a score, I'd probably get a, a decent seven, seven and a half out of 10. I enjoyed it. And I did not enjoy it as much as Don did, <laughs> but I didn't hate it as much as he hates Predator. I just it just bothered me. There were some things that bothered me. I don't like that it's divorced from Spider Man. Blah blah blah. The the usual gripes of you know the general uh, nonsense. Like it was a decent movie. Tom Hardy's weirdo accent bothered me, um, mm. and he was just sort of meh to me other than his weird accent and predator, the predator, the venom symbiote was way more interesting than him. And I wouldn't mind just having, having, we didn't have to see him, but hearing him more, uh, would have been, would have been good. And it was just, I just didn't like the fact that it was so divorced from Spider-Man. Like that's my, my major gripe about it. Mm -hmm. I could understand it. Um, well, why would he look like that? Like, he looks like busted Spider-Man, like Tar Baby Spider-Man, only because of his run-in with Spider-Man. Like, and he liked that look. Like, he wouldn't look like that otherwise. So, no, that, no, no, I, 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 Hey, listen, I get it. And I think I can only speak from the standpoint of somebody who's not, who doesn't know the whole thing like that. 
I think I just went with it like that's just how I've always known Rem to look and that's just how the creature chose to look. Like not knowing the, the backstory of where the look comes from, then I guess I, I the question would be, well, how are you just going to give them that without the explanation or, or having that incident to, that leads to the look? Right. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm just willing to sort of leave it in, well, the part that Marvel had input in. I'm like, okay, look, if my man... My man Stan Lee showed up in the movie, so he did. Marvel had to have some input. So, that's, and, right. And that's right. So, so they 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 were cool with that on some level, but I can't understand if if you're invested in it and you really know the whole thing, you're sort of wondering, well, how did they just sort of skip over and just kind of put that in there? So, you know what? We'll see if in the sequel, because you know there'll be a sequel, if they kind of um, not make up for it, but maybe try to explain it or not. I mean, Hey, if Sony's still in charge of that property, whenever the sequel comes around, uh, who knows what Sony might, might try to do, you know, just say, uh, Oh, the one thing, um, I don't know if you had a whole smorgasbord of, uh, topics you wanted to discuss um no i mean we're just gonna do a, a, the only topic that i'm really invested in is the rundown of our our favorite horror movies for the oh yeah season. yeah we're, we're gonna get to that in one second we can get to that we can get to that get one second but did you see the thing with um uh Dwayne the rock johnson and this john henry oh yeah i did see that now here's here's the one thing i will say um in two sections. Number one, I don't get why people are kind of... Okay, l- l- let me get to the second point first. I don't think Dwayne Johnson is dark enough to play the John Henry character. Every uh, From what I've seen of John Henry and what I know of the story, if he was a, a slave. You know, this takes place, you know, Civil War, you know, good old South plantation times. Uh, he was nine times out of ten going to be a much darker African American man. You can and, say it. he was blackety black, uh, blackety black, and and the way he's been portrayed in other movie incarnations, and I believe plays, it's been a dark skinned African American. Sure. Now, to go with that, and the backlash has come with that. You know, people have you know accused him of not promoting his blackness or willing to be you know racially ambiguous to, for profit or comparing him to Zoe Saldana. My pushback on that is this. I have never seen him deny his blackness, though, like how Zoe Saldana kind of did. Like she was kinda just like... Did. She did. Oh, well, oh, well, I was, for trying, a while, until I was trying to be nice to her. But no, she let's did put it this way. until she needed it. Because I've always seen in any interview when he's asked a question, he's always bigged up his... Samoan uh, Pacific Islander heritage, and then he's always bigged up from his dad's side. Uh, I mean, his his blackness. Now, yes. now, now, he's in his in his movies. Like he he's never been in or portrayed a character that was. Um, 
I, I want to say unequivocally black in the sense of that that was necessarily uh, an integral part of their character. Like all of his characters, it didn't matter what he was. You know what I'm saying? He could mm -hmm. just be as ambiguous as he wants to be on the screen. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure he's done that for a load of monetary reasons. Uh, you know, he, he's big into these, you know, four corner, four tentpole sort of movies that try to hit every demographic out there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not faulting him for that. But I just don't, to me, the, the whole backlash about it, I'm like, I don't really see it because I've never seen him negate that part of him at all. Now, whether or not he chooses to pick roles that highlight uh, himself as a black man or not, hey, that's up to him if he wants to do those movies or not. To me, that's his choice. But if I've never seen him or but, you know, be one thing if he goes out in interviews and simply denies that part of his heritage, which I've never seen him do. So I don't feel that that is warranted. Now, Here's the, how I, I feel. But, but, but I'm almost done. Now, okay. And then the next right. part is. And then before everybody really stinks on this, <laughs> I, I'm just going to wait and see, like, what actually this is because I'd like to believe that The Rock is smarter and actually understands and has seen that when they you know came to this project with him has seen the the different actors that have played this role so I'm just sort of wondering is when we actually watch it is he actually playing John Henry is he a character in there who decides to just take the name and I mean in other words Let's just see the first episode, see what it's really about, see which character he's really playing, and then take it and then run with it from there. That that's that's the only thing I'm 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 just saying on that. Okay. So here's here's this this very nuanced uh issue. Um because the thing about John Henry is everything that we've seen about John Henry is that you know it's a folktale mm -hmm. um, he may or may not have been you know based on a real person but it's not really known um, but the legend of John Henry and the, versus the statesman is a legend and a folktale and like the the way that we know him is through those movies like Pecos Bill with like you know Paul Bunyan and I know him like from the, the Disney animated yeah the Disney yeah. animated yeah. like it's a folktale it's an, like a folk legend like a larger than life character that is not necessarily uh, a real person whereas Nina Simone is a real person whose blackness defined her her personal experience yes. and struggle with making it in the music industry and was something that she never wanted negated and something she never wanted. Like it was, it was something that defined her person and her music and her legacy. And to have that sort of, you know, somebody who has continually, you know, denied their blackness at all to, you know, then put on, you know, disrespectful 
wig. I'm just going to say that disrespectful Frederick Douglass wig and Mm -hmm. fake teeth and that fake nose and that black face. And she didn't know anything about Nina Simone before she was offered this movie. And it was just all around disrespectful. Like, if I was in her place, I would have, you know, and she wanted to produce this movie. Like, I would want to produce this movie from a place of love. I know that I couldn't play Nina Simone um, for various different reasons. But if I was in a position to produce that movie, I would go out of my way to find somebody who could or who I thought could. It's like a, it's almost like a vanity thing with some of these people. And it's like, you know, yeah, we're actors. We can do it all. But should you? You know, that that's kind of the thing. And so with The Rock, he's never denied his blackness. Like, he was part of the Nation of Domination back in wrestling. Like, the blackest group around oh, with, yeah. like, black power fists and stuff. Like, he's never denied his blackness. However, as he's moved forward and upward in his career, it has become less and less apparent like he's not repping he's not i mean he's been on essence you know he's been on you know you know all those magazines and stuff but he has consistently played opposite like you know he'll have like you know mixed kids that are in his his love interests are always white and whenever he has like a black love interest or a female he's playing opposite they never have romantic relationships and i think people are salty about that like even you go in in rampage and you have him with naomi harris and people feel like if that had been any other actress they would have you know at least kissed at the end you know like Mm -hmm. he's never in a position where he's like pumping up black women i guess and so people are salty about that and i think that that is coloring more so than You know, I do agree. I do agree that John Henry in this narrative is a slave and he would be blackety black. And I do think that The Rock should take some responsibility and be like, hey, I want to produce this movie about this character. Let me find somebody and produce this story I think should be told because it should be told to a new generation. Let me find somebody I think could do it. Um, Like even like a Winston Duke, you know, like like, like like let me put this out there in the world because I think it should be out there for our children. Like there is a certain level of vanity involved where, you know, I'm the rock. I'm like larger than life. I can play this larger than life. I'm a black man. I can play this larger than life black man. It's like, yeah, you can, but should you, I mean, you know? And so I do think that as performers that turn into producers, you need to start thinking like a producer and and not so much as like the money that you're going to bring in. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's going to be The Rock because The Rock's going to bring in big bucks. But you know what? Right. Winston Duke might bring in big bucks too. He's really hot right now from Black Panther. And so, you know, you also have to think of why are you doing this project? Are you doing it because it's just something you wanted to do? Are you doing it something that you relate to? Are you doing it because you feel a sense of cultural responsibility? Then you have to take it all the way to its conclusion and be like, what do you, what are you trying to say? What message are you trying to send? What's the narrative here? And so I think that, you know, when these movies come out and there's all this kind of backlash, like the backlash that happened with Disney, when they have wreck it, Ralph too, um, Ralph breaks the internet. And they have all the Disney princesses and there's the CGI princesses from the movies that weren't previously CGI. And they took Princess Tiana and they made her have lighter skin, a smaller nose and straight brown, light brown hair. And people were like, what the F is this? And they complained 
and they, there was some backlash and Disney went back and fixed it. Mm-hmm. Like they went back and made her have a wide nose and dark skin and black hair that was like, you know, pressed out or whatever versus that like loose right. curl she wouldn't have had right. if her hair was natural. And, you know, there is some misconception where like you have white people who are watching this and they're like oh but her hair is natural like don't you want to see that like it's your her hair is like yours and i'm like yeah but her hair wouldn't have been like that like she would if she was going to be natural and not a press a press out she would have had an afro like it would have mm-hmm. been like there's something that like we're so whenever we show black people with natural hair it's always got to be that loose curl like it's never going to be like that tight kinky afro pattern that that so many people have and can you know is part of how your hair grows out of your head for so many of us and it's like what's wrong with that nothing wrong with that like why can't we show that as beautiful why can't we show that as desirable like why can't we show that as as natural like the only natural hairstyle is like a hairstyle that's not necessarily natural for so many people it's like they got to do like a straw set or something to get that that's considered natural and it's not and so i'm like yeah i'll probably wait and see how this movie but i'm not how it comes out with the rock and i'm just going to be kind of ambivalent about it but i'm not vehemently opposed to it because of john henry versus nina simone whereas that nina simone movie was just disrespectful this one is just a little bit blind right and 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 again i'm i'm not in in my uh, it, it might co- it might come off that I'm giving him a level of support, which in a sense, because I'm giving him a level of support in that I'll wait to number one to watch it and see what it really is first. Let's just let me just see what it is, and then number two, when I say that I've never heard of him disowning his black side, I'm speaking in terms of no, never of never. interviews now. What you bring up in terms of his movies is a very valid point, and it's and I think that's still something that should be brought up and and if not reminded to him that hey, you know, you you might want to consider this in 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 your movies, especially in terms of the I don't want to say the treatment of women, but just in 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 how they're depicting his relationships with women of color in his movies that's a valid point and i i think it's just a little bit different than than some of the um the uh uh argument that i have seen leveled against him i think they're conflating that into this and i'm like that's a to me that's a, a little bit separate and i only say a little bit because obviously at first when he's doing these movies he doesn't necessarily have that pull, but now when he's doing movies, he has that pull. So he right. can make that call for this to happen, that to happen, or this sort of change or that change. So by this point, th- there's there's no more excuses why he, he can he can kind of call certain shots on that. But, sure. But that's all I wanted to just mention on that and you know wait and see what happens who knows right because this is gonna be like a netflix series that's series gonna be like, right it's gonna but it's gonna be like pecos bill like i said and you yeah. know uh it's gonna have uh babe the blue ox and and paul bunyan and and all of those like that shared yeah. universe so he's just thinking of it in terms of 
you know, and you know, in slave times, he would still have been a slave. Like, oh, yeah. like don't get oh, me yeah. wrong. Like oh, yeah. he would have been, he would have been Massa's son probably, but it's not necessarily yeah. outside the realm of possibility. And it's not necessarily, you know, on the level of, of it's, it's not on the level of, of disrespect. It's just a lack of, of, Forethought, forethought or foresight or yeah. thinking of how this movie will be viewed in the future or how it could be or how it could mean so much more yeah. um, favor of like egos or whatever. Like if somebody had told me, hey, The Rock is producing a John Henry movie and he's making sure this person is cast, people would have like a different level of respect, I think. Right. Um, and so it's unfortunate, but it's not the end of the world. No. For, and, for me, like and, sort and, and of whatever. But this is why I, I'm still a little because every other move he's made, he's been somewhat smart in certain aspects with some of his yeah. movies. Yeah. But I mean, not saying that he's all knowing, all seeing. So, you know. But you know what? At the end of the day, we'll just wait and see what happens. See what the reviews say. See what the actual story is, and then, hey, he'll he'll either acknowledge it then, or maybe we're totally wrong and we got the whole story ass backwards who knows who knows i mean yeah <laughs> yeah okay I, it, listen i'm just saying who knows we'll just we'll wait and see what happens but with it being october october wouldn't be october without horror movies um i know we've got the halloween movie coming out which yes. I'll definitely go see. Uh, yes. I like Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, I've always dug the Halloween series of movies, even if they've kind of ventured into weird land the last couple. But it's it's good horror. Um, at least the first two were, for sure. Um, so you can't deny that. Um, and now, you know, we kind of decided to come up with like a list of some of our favorites, you know, I've got five. Miss Stewart might have like 35. I had such a hard time narrowing it down. I have a lot, but I'm going to give you five. Now, and, I don't have as many because I have found that lots of movies that consider themselves horror, I just consider them not horror movies, but just like uh, gore shock movies. Like, they just try to shock you with the amount of blood and gore, but to me that's not horror. So, see, horror is supposed to like really scare you, like to your core if it can. Do you hear that? I don't know. You might be hearing my little fan under my MacBook Pro. No, it sounds like somebody touching a microphone, but now it's no. stopped. No, I didn't hear anything. Okay. But let okay, me know if go. I hear it again. Okay. So for me, my five were, uh, and it's not in order of preference or like ranked, although I will say my number one that I'm going to go with is would be the number one, The Exorcist. Just obvious reasons. It's It's the OG horror film. And even when I've seen it, in nowadays still gives me the willies it just mm -hmm. ugh, just does another one 
that I consider a horror is Event Horizon. Ah, I love which, that movie. Which does have it does have its gore shock moments, but man, it's got some moments in there that I'm just like, ugh. You know, it to me that's a horror movie. Uh, the third one I included in there was um, Get Out. To me, that's horror. To get caught in that sunken place, like where Kanye West is right now. Hmm. Hmm. Good Lord. That's just, that's just not where, that's just not where I want to be. Not even close. Um, the original uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That first one is just, is just freaky to me. There's just something about it that's just, ugh. And the part that gives me the most willies is when Leatherface comes out, and I think it's the girl he grabs and drags her into the kitchen, and that huge steel door just slams shut. And in the kitchen, he puts her on the meat hook. Oh, it makes my back itch, and it just, it just... (laughs) It just does something that I'm like, "Mm -mm." that is just wrong uh, above all wrongness, you know? And, and part of me in in sort of like a tie, I include the first Halloween and I'm not just including that because the movie's out, but that is such a great horror movie. The first one, it really is. But and I know people won't consider this a horror movie, but if you think about it, it is terrifying. The first Alien movie. Mm-hmm. That is a terrifying movie. The, the, the look, the sound, the, the, it's just, a t- it, that's, that was such a scary, uh, when the tagline says, in space no one can hear you scream, there's a reason. Because I know full well people were screaming in that movie theater when they saw that movie. I would just include it because, man, that did a great job of scaring people to death. Mm-hmm. So, again, I know there's, you know, people might think The Ring or The Grudge. and To me, you know, and, and I know we, we reviewed a while ago the movie Hereditary. And I didn't like the movie because when I got to the end and saw what it was all supposed to be about, I was like, Really? just sort of ruined it for me. But I will give Hereditary, and I think I I mentioned, I gave him points that there were certain scenes, and especially its use of sound, that it didn't have like the music, which lets you know, oh, there's a bad guy coming around the corner. Mm -hmm. The sheer silence in some of the shots that had this weird something in the background you couldn't really see, that was terrifying. I'm not going to lie. It's just a shame that by the end, I was like, it just sort of, the terror just kind of faded away and into whatever it was trying to be, and it just didn't work for me. Wait, what movie are you talking about? Hereditary. Came out earlier this one, year. The one with Tony Collette? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, it had some great shots. It had great use of sound. It had some, I know, when you were talking about the use of sound and the silence, I was thinking about that John Krasinski movie that came out that was and, also oh, really oh, good and oh, with their use and of sound th- i'm glad you mentioned that that one gets like my uh what's that special honor or yeah, whatever. Yeah, audience choice award <laughs> man because again it's not really a horror movie but i'm gonna tell you i was on the edge watching that because at any moment i'm thinking some shit's about to go south 
and all it takes is for them to like break a tree branch and then all holy hell breaks loose. To me, that's horror. That's when you have to live like that. Pure yeah. horror. That's a, a quiet place. We just start yeah, talking. A quiet it. place. Yeah. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. That that gets like a, a special notice because, boy, mm, it's yeah, yeah. So th that's for me. And again, like I mentioned, I know there's a eighty another eighty trillion horror movies out there, but ninety percent of them trillion horror yeah. movies, Don. It's 90, so hard. Ninety percent of them for me are just gore fest. And to me, that's not horror. That's just trying to be as gross as possible. And uh, yeah, it's like okay. Well, I don't like body horror. I don't like um, as far as like uh, torture porn. Like I don't like yeah, hostile. Yeah. I don't like, you know, saw like those types of movies Th aren't necessarily are scary no. to me. They're no. just torture porn. Um, like the, the audition or, you know, that's none of those are on my list, but it's still super hard. Cause I'm like, do I do movies that I think are important or do I do movies that I watch over and over again? Or do I do movies that are like scared the shit out of me? And I had like dreams about them. And then some of them See, are right like, there. That's the, the one. Line. I think but that's then there's the some one. that are like not super scary, but they like stay with you for a while and they're horror, but they're considered horror movies. But, but not. OK, so let me just tell you where I'm at <laughs> right now with like list number 10. Mm -hmm. Like I've like crossed out certain things. And I do want to say that I appreciate you for having sci fi horror on your list because that is often overlooked in the genre. And yes. I think sci fi horror is amazing mm -hmm. um, and should not be dismissed because it's good. To, it's a good time. Um, so my. In no particular order because that is just making me make a list is hard enough. And then to put them in order is just impossible. So I'm going to say uh, I have frailty on my list. Um, frailty, frailty. That's the one. It's so good. If you haven't seen it, it's got Bill Paxton in one of his best movies. And um, uh, it's got um, Matthew McConaughey. Okay, and I see that. It, Those two right there. Oh, good. It's about this father and he has his two sons and he has convinced his two sons that he's hunting demons and he was called by the Lord to hunt these demons and he's like murdering people with the help of his two little kids. Right. And it yes. is yes. so good. <laughs> yes. Okay. I need to find that then. I, I do remember it's, that now that you've, you've, yeah, yeah. I think it might be in Netflix right now. Um. I know it wasn't for a while. I was looking for it because Mark had never seen it. And I was like, we had to go out of our way to find it. But then as, after we saw it, it popped up in Netflix, like mm -hmm. middle finger to you. Um, so then I also have uh, John Carpenter's The Thing. Solid, solid monster creature feature mm -hmm. horror movie. Kurt Russell at his Kurt Russelliest. <laughs> Kurt Russellist. <laughs> just like un I mean it's one of those unforgettable movies that had really shaped the creature feature uh technology and genre and, and it's still really you know Keith David and Wilfred Brimley and it's still a really good movie. Um I just watched that the other day and it still holds up um as a good time. Okay, so that's two. <laughs> <laughs> And then I have um, Poltergeist, which yeah, isn't yeah, that's 100% a good one. 
horror. It's a little, I mean, it's horror, but it's a little comedy. It's a little drama. It's mm-hmm. a little bit of everything, um, you know, produced by Steven Spielberg. That's good. Yeah. Um, it, it's definitely one of those ones, too. We're the right age where that shit gave me nightmares when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And it, it had just the right amount of, like, really gross, weird things like the steak crawling across the counter. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, like, like, that's a solid, solid OG horror movie for me. So where am I at? One, two, three. Oh, this is so hard. Um, and then I have... Um, this isn't... Uh, Misery is uh, also on my list. Um, because that's one of the person horrors. Like the that's, not super That's horror. true. Misery. That is a good one. Yeah. It's... It's good. Kathy Bates is good. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm your number one fan. <laughs> and, like, it's such a good, horrible, scary movie that, like, sticks with you. Um, because it's real. Like, yes. like, there's really people out there that are cray-cray like so. that. Um, and then I put on there um, Scream because okay. that movie sort of changed the game Mm -hmm. and brought horror back when we were in a bit of a weird place with horror in the early 90s Mm -hmm. where it was like all you know final destination and like it it sort of like rebooted horror as a a legitimate form of art like it was the first one to do like that dissection and commentary but also was a horror movie in itself like a slasher film in itself. so i appreciate scream for bringing back that that genre that was all but lost at that point in time where we were you know because we have you know nightmare on elm street and friday the 13th and you know all of those but we were kind of moving away from that, you know, child's play. Like there's so many <laughs> pet cemetery. It's just like, but I had to pick five. So I'm like, those are the ones where if that movie's on TV, I'll probably stop and watch it. Which one scream? Um, scream frailty, the thing. Okay. Uh, any of those. I got, any, you, I got any you. Those Like if those, like that was my criteria for narrowing down my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I do have two honorable mentions. Um, my my first one is Candyman, which I will always put on any list. <laughs> I Candyman. Yes, Don. Uh, yes. You okay. Every, okay. The last time you saw Candyman. Uh, no, no, I I I've I've seen it. It's so it's when interesting. When is the last time you saw it? Oh wow. Um, Have you seen it as an adult? Because I feel like as like a man now with with a family and like responsibilities and like life and stuff i feel like go and watch Candyman. Okay, like I, it is i think you're right i'll have to, to watch it again it's a it's i feel like it's such a good movie about you know this is people think i'm crazy when i'm like it's about gentrification it's about poverty it's about wealth disparity it's about you know the pc politics and but it's it's also about a, a negro with a hook arm <laughs> a negro with a hook arm i, I think candy man is such a good movie that's pretty amazing <laughs> and then i wasn't sure you were going to put any science fiction horror on the list so i put one of mine that's most i mean it's kind of Pandorum. I don't know if you've seen it. It's kind of obscure, but it's close I, I, to my I, heart. I, I've heard the name. I have not seen that one. No. 
it's one of those movies that when you watch it, you're like, man, I can't believe I never watched this before. You mm. know, it's one of those that should have been bigger than it was. Right. For whatever reason, it just wasn't. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those sci-fi horror movies that I actually own and will watch it whenever it's on, which is hardly ever. It's got Dennis Quaid in it and Ben Foster and uh, one of the kids from Twilight, I think. Uh, but... It's this spaceship that was a, a generation ship that's supposed to go colonize a new planet. Mm-hmm. And something happens and it takes way too long. And some people have been awake for a really long time. And there's like crazy. And then there's like Ben Foster is the protagonist and he just wakes up and he realizes that the ship is overrun with like these monster creatures. And he has to like figure out what happened to everybody else on the ship and dennis quaid is fantastic in it Mm. i gotta see that then yeah pandorum it's a good science like good solid science fiction creature feature with really good like it holds up it's not even i don't know when that came out like mid 2000s pandorum 2009 Oh. So the so it's in the that that area where the special effects are really good, you mm. know. Okay. All right. All right. That's 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 that. <laughs> okay. No, no, no. I mean, I like your list. It 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 did remind me of of a bunch of of movies that I won't say necessarily forgot. Like a movie, The Thing. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just thinking, well, like wh- where would The Thing fit? And part of me understands some of it as horror, but then a, a, to me, a lot of I'm talking the original thing, the black and white thing, or the, well, oh, sorry, not that original, the the um, Kurt the Russell, first Kurt Russell thing, Kurt Russell thing, the and then Herman. yeah, thinking about that one is like ah, uh, that had a bit, you know, like like when the man's hands went into the guy's stomach and then the teeth come out and take the hands off. I was like, yeah, there's there's a good element of gore to it. Well, then his head pops off and turns into a spider. spider. So, but, spider but the thing is, <laughs> I, I didn't necessarily find that as scary, like not horror scary, but that was more like, just like you. I watched him when I was like, "You got to be shitting me," <laughs> you know, like what? The dogs. No, like I, the, the I dog enjoyed creatures. it. I, I enjoyed it. It 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 does have it. It had a scare element to it. I'm not gonna lie about that. But know. it also had that psychological element of now you don't That's know true. Who who's among who's... your friends is the thing, and then like, yeah. like then it becomes like this weird tense thing with like him and Keith David and the other guys, and they're like fighting against each other because they don't know which one of them is the thing, and like the thing is freaking out there, and even at the end, like it has that ambiguous ending where you don't know if you know e- either one of them has been infected. Which I think it's been uh, the 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 fan theories that Keith David was the thing in the end has been confirmed. I think, um, which that's how I always read it was right. Keith David was the thing, and Kurt Russell was going to kill them both. But uh, it's so good. Hey, look, no, you're right. John Carpenter yeah. like Chef's Kiss. <laughs> 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 no, that's true. That's true. It's true, but listen, I, 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 you know what? We've probably missed 
you know, a, a bunch of movies or at least there's so many. Miss, I mean, and I'm sure we've missed movies that people think are incredible, you know, horror films. Sure. So, I mean, I encourage our tens of listeners to, to let us know, you mm-hmm. know, which ones that they absolutely, you know, considered up there. And then we have some, you know, we have some new horror movies that are coming out soon that it's just like, uh, like the the new Pet Cemetery. Um, I know. I saw that. I'm like, ah, oh, boy. It it chapter two. Um, Glass. Which you know what? I'm hella looking forward to Glass. I don't care what you say. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm so I'm so in it. I'm in it to win it because I of all of M Night Shyamalan's nonsense movies, Unbreakable yeah. is probably my favorite, and so. I'm in it to win it with glass. Like I'm the, and you know what? Uh, the one with uh, James McAvoy was better than it had any right to be because of James McAvoy. Um, mm-hmm. And so now they're all going to be in the same movie, and it looks super crazy. And I'm here for it. I'm looking forward to it as well. Okay. I, I don't necessarily know if it's going to be good horror. Could be, but I, I am very much looking forward to, to, to checking it out. That's for sure. And of it's course, crazy. you know, we definitely want to find out from our, from our tens of listeners, which ones they like. And, and yes. we, we could definitely bring that up uh, on, on our next, uh, next episode. For sure. Ugh, I mean, I had so many, I had like silence of the lambs on there and like, yeah, I mean, it just got hard. It was like, like that could easily be considered, a, you know, a great horror movie. That's true. That's true. I was like, I set this assignment, and then I was like, this shit's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what we what we're doing now, though, what I'm, you know, have undertaken as an endeavor, because you know, we have like the Halloween movie viewing that that tip people typically do when we watch like horror movies or whatever for halloween mm-hmm. so this year i want it to be like you know i'm gonna theme it out oh interesting so the, the first movie that i watched this year i don't know if you've been you've been keeping up on twitter with our our tcad movie october movies last year i just did straight whatever was on the horror like hulu horroween so this year Here's TCAT October movie marathon is black vampires is the theme. And it got started because I couldn't find anything to watch. And I just watched blade and I hadn't watched blade in a long time. And it was really freaking good, John. Like I could, I forgotten how good blade was like blade is a good movie. (laughs) It is. It's it's a really good movie. Even what's his name is, is, is not bad. Um, uh, the baddie, what's his name? Uh, um, Stephen Dorff. Yeah, even Stephen Dorff is great. No, because he's supposed to be playing a douchebag Stephen Dorff, and he's perfect. Like, like Blade is a really good movie. So then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to find as many black vampire movies as I can find, and that's what's gonna happen. So so far, I have watched um, other than Blade. I watched this really great movie called well i'm not gonna say really great it's really good and interesting a movie called the transfiguration it came out in 2014 um and it's about this little kid he's like 14 or 15 and he has an obsession with drinking blood and being a vampire and he lives in the projects 
and he has to come to terms with what does that say about him as a person mm-hmm. and decide whether or not he wants to continue living that life and it's like you don't know if he's really a vampire or if he's crazy and just a serial killer and he's like he's sweet and it's a very slow methodical movie it's it's it can drag at times and there's a lot right. of like long shots it's it's like i described it on twitter i was like it's like if somebody made moonlight but it was a vampire movie instead <laughs> like it's like i that can dig that like, like it was that's like the the undercurrent it's like moonlight but a vampire movie um and so then i watched ganjin hess because i wanted to take it back to the original um uh and i don't know if you've ever seen that don but it's, I, I, I will say I have not. You haven't seen Ganjin Hess. It's from no. 1973. It's Bill Dunn directed it. And what happened was, what had happened was, like, <laughs> Shaft came out mm-hmm. and Blackula was out at the time. Um, like, Shaft, I think, came out in, like, 1970. And Blackula was, like, 1971 or 72. And all these other black exploitation movies had been coming out and making a ton of money. And these producers were like, here's... You know, three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Make us Shaft meets Blackula. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that was that was the ask, and he made this like weird, poetic vampire movie with black people that was neither Shaft nor Blackula, <laughs> nor Blackula, with, <laughs> with like literally three hundred percent more floppy wiener. Than I had anticipated going in. Um, <laughs> you sure? I had anticipated none, and there was a lot. <laughs> and it's like, how does stuff like that get through the censors? Because I always see those movies that are older movies that are rated R or rated PG thirteen, and there's hella nudity. And it's like, did you swap out like, give me five fucks versus? 10 seconds of floppy wiener or and then it's like how do they negotiate it's like okay take all the fucks and let me have 20 seconds of floppy wiener like flopping around like mm-hmm. like how do they negotiate that i have no idea but it's fascinating because i was watching um i don't know was it bmx or rad not that long like there's like 1987 like both of those are bmx bike movies but one of the, the one that had Lori laughlin in it but like like there's full-on tits out you you know, and it's like that's PG thirteen. So it's interesting to me how movies that are like there was a weird period in the seventies and eighties where you could get away with a whole lot more nudity and violence and stuff and have it be rated lower than it is today. Um, like it seems like movies have gotten a little bit more restrictive, um, which you would think that moving towards the future that would have gotten less restrictive but i don't think that's the case um people act like movies have gotten worse but i think you know there was a time after the production code was lifted especially in the 80s and like the 70s and 80s where they were just doing whatever like it was like whatever so um I'm going to watch Blackula is on my list. And then um, Spike Lee did a remake of Ganjin Hess called The Sweet Blood of Jesus. Um, I'm going to try The Sweet Blood of Jesus? Yes. Oh, I got to find that one. <laughs> it's not, not that old, too. Like, I want to say it's like a couple of years old. Like, maybe he did it after. It didn't get that much attention. Um, like, maybe he did it. 
actually, I can just look it up and tell you. Mm-hmm. It's called, and it's Duh, D-A, Duh, Sweet Blood of Jesus. Of course. Um, 2014. Um, and it's literally a remake of Ganja and Hess. So if you can't sit through Ganja and Hess, which I totally understand because it's one of those movies from the 70s that has, watching it in high de- definition is difficult because there's a lot of shots that are not quite in focus yeah there's a lot of real long takes Mm -hmm. there's a lot of like it's real slow in places and things don't make a hundred there were people took leaps in movies like logic leaps so there's things that like why did he do that that doesn't make any sense like like but it was just a movie you just went with it you know yeah um so I'm going to try to watch that. I'm going to pull out Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, I, it's, that's a goofy-ass movie, which did make it, me laugh. Well, you know, here's the thing about Vampire in Brooklyn, which I don't know what they were going to do. I was reading an article about it, and what they – Eddie Murphy wanted to make a serious vampire movie. He wanted to do a serious vampire movie, and the studio wanted a comedy. Mm-hmm. And so the director and the crew, like their job, the studio said, your job is to trick Eddie Murphy into making a comedy. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and I, <laughs> knowing that going in, wow. when you watch that movie, it makes so much more sense what's going on behind the scenes. Like they are literally tricking him into making it a comedy without him realizing it or knowing it or, or like appreciating how they were going to like, I mean, cause parts of it are really funny when he's playing like that preacher character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's parts of it that are weird. So it's totally all over the place, but that's why. Cause Eddie Murphy thought he was making a serious vampire movie and behind his back, they were making it into a comedy. And so it's totally weird. And then you have, you know, peak Angela Bassett yes. in, in in prime condition. And so I feel like, you know, there's not a whole lot of um, black vampire movies or movies with black vampires in general. And I think that that's interesting. And maybe we should rectify that somehow because it's it's a valid genre and it's a you know they I don't know why that is and you know whenever they they have to do like the way he becomes a vampire in Ganja and Hess is he gets stabbed by this weird African artifact that infuses him with a thirst for blood and immortality Mm. so it's like they have to kind of recreate the mythology but I feel like there's gotta be because all cultures have myths surrounding immortals and bloodsuckers or people who subsist on blood or even psychic vampires. And I know that there's gotta be in the entirety of the continent of Africa, some uh, cultures and tribes in, in or countries or, you know, peoples that have mythology that can be, a modern day vampire that is not that is divorced from because you know like blackula became a vampire because he right. was bit by the original count dracula who then like named him blackula i think i vaguely remember that from being a kid i'll let you know in the twitter when i watch it he was like he bit him and turned he was like and now i call you blackula <laughs> <laughs> 
of shit is that? Like, there has to be, you know, it's interesting as a, as a diasporatic people where, you know, we've been divorced from our actual cultural heritage and the heritage that we have is black American culture. Like, that's what I really appreciated about the, uh, the transfiguration mm-hmm. was it was, it, the, he believed it was just, it, it, you know, it was like a, like a virus. Like you just, it, it was born from, you know, his anxiety and depression and living in, you know, the projects and in a constant state of like his mother had killed herself. His father was dead. He was living with his brother who was doing drugs and like running with gangs and had been in the military and had PTSD. And like his vampirism was a way of trying to make sense of the world that he was in. And I really appreciated that. Um, And I think that as, you know, you know, now that we are, seeing more and more black people in more and more facets of of entertainment we can sort of divorce ourselves from that respectability politics situation where you have to make a movie about the slave situation you have to make a movie about civil rights you have to do it for the culture like it has to be respectable like Mm -hmm. why are you making horror movie like we've had this conversation before where you know i want to make a science fiction movie and it's like why do you want to do that why don't you make a movie about dr king i'm like there's a million <laughs> yeah, movies about yeah, dr. King. yeah that's hella important but you know we deserve to have our myths and legends too and we have been divorced from them from you know our oral tradition from our respective homelands but we have been in this country for long enough that we have our own like southern gothic myths and so you know northern you know boogeyman stories and and just the stories that we have that we have now and Mm -hmm. why can't we fiction like why can't we have speculative fiction why can't we have science fiction why can't we have horror like these are all things that are valid and some may not see them as respectable but i feel like they're also culturally important so that's my ted talk thank you for coming (laughs) she'll be here all week (laughs) <laughs> Try the veal. <laughs> we got we got to move that veal before it turns. <laughs> oh, but hey, listen, we just can't have Miss Sheree Stewart be the only <laughs> one up here talking, giving her opinion, her ideas. We want to hear from you. That's right, you, our tens of listeners. Yeah. You know where to find us. You know that we're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher, we're on HipCast, we're on TuneIn. You know, you 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 know we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash TCAD podcast. You know that we have our Twitter account, TCAD podcast, as well as Ms. Jure's account, Actor on the Edge. You know that you can email us at tcadpodcast at gmail.com, or you can call us on our phone number. 504-345-9344. And then we also have a website, tcadnetwork.com. Come on now. Actually, we prefer you to, to start going through the website because that's got all of that other stuff all right there in one place for you to find it all. That's TCATnetwork.com. Visit so, us. So, yeah, you know, we, we, we want your ideas. We want your input. We want, we, we want everything you're thinking of or that you have to say. You let us know. Because we want to know. We're anxious to know. We're dying to know. Because we work for you, our tens of listeners. 
And since we work for you, we just have one question. When are you going to start paying? Because <laughs> that would kind of help. <laughs> just saying. Just a thought. Whenever you want to dole out a paycheck, we wouldn't mind. But no, really. We definitely want to hear from you. We're on all those spots. Hit us up. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Oh, oh yeah. There's a Halloween movie coming out. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely go to see that and I have no doubt we'll be doing a 10 minute take on that and absolutely we've 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 got a 10 minute take coming out shortly so make sure to go check us out on on our YouTube channel and go look for it um I think you'll I think you'll enjoy so for myself and Miss Stewart to our tens of listeners see ya <laughs>